It's time for the Flagler Radio Business Report, a 30-minute roundtable discussion with local businesses. And now, your host, Kirk Keller. Good morning and welcome to the Business Report. I'm your host, Kirk Keller. I have a fantastic guest in the house today, a brand new business owner. <laughs> Good morning, Brian McMillan. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, Kirk. So I, I open up my digital observer one day and mm-hmm. see this headline that Brian and his wife uh, just bought the observer. I was totally shocked because <laughs> I just talked to you like the day before and I just talked to John Walsh that morning. Mm-hmm. So tell me the story. First off, we kept it, we kept it a good secret. Apparently. Yeah, you did. Your co-host David Ayers on free fall Friday. He was flabbergasted because I copied and pasted it to him. I said, did you know about this? <laughs> and and uh, keep in mind, David and I are up at four or five o'clock in the morning. So yeah. before most people even know what's going on, and but he's thinking, I thought I knew John. I thought I knew Brian. I thought we were friends. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've been, you know, I was, I was the observer editor for 12 years Mm -hmm. and then I left to try to, basically I felt like I had kind of basically maxed out my earning potential and other career, you know, uh, advancement. And so I started looking at, um, or, and I got a job with my friend who was a construction, uh, owner. And so I was his operations manager um, did that for which was kind about of changed. a year. I was, sho- I was yeah. shocked about that. I mean, as well. yeah, that was a big shock too. It was a big change. Um, but I knew that I enjoyed managing and I knew I was organized and I could, you know, help to coordinate projects because that's what each paper is. Each edition of the newspaper, basically a weekly project. And so I felt like I could do that. And, and I had heard that that may be a, a good option to try to, uh, um, get a job in. So anyway, that worked out really well. Um, for a while. And, but I just, as I, as I went through it, I just kind of realized that this wasn't really my passion. Um, and it came to a point where I just, there was nothing wrong with like my boss. He's still my friend still is now. And, um, you know, I communicated with a lot of people, but it was all virtual. You know, it was, we're, they're building these buildings across the country and I never saw any of them. I was just talking to the concrete guy, talking to the AC guy, talking to the plumber and trying to make sure that, you know, everything was on schedule, but I didn't feel connected to it at all. It's a different world. Very different world. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, I would be asked, can you go and tell the plumber this? And it was like a lot of information that I didn't even really understand what it was. So it was, it was kind of hard to feel like I, I, the way I kind of thought about it was I was, I was the expert as an editor after 12 years. And then I went to somewhere where I was, I knew nothing. And so that was kind of hard and probably affected me, my enjoyment of the job. Although I like to learn and you know, that it was, there was a lot that I did learn and I enjoyed that part of it, but just decided at some point that this wasn't really the long-term solution. So I wanted to look for something else. And I went around to several people in the community and asked, what do you think, was a job that I could do. Um, what's a career path for me, you know, based on what I have already. Very interesting. And so I went to, uh, John Walsh, you know, he's my boss for 12 years and he's still in there. And so I just asked him, what do you think? What's my career advice? What would be the ideal job for me? And he looked at me and said, my job. Was and like, and wasn't in his normal <laughs> joking tone. Well, yeah. I mean, well, there's a lot of truth in there, joking there. Yeah. It's there. I mean, I was kind of like, I was the one who was laughing, not him. <laughs> it was like, oh, you're actually kind of serious about this. Um, and that was very early in the process. So on my list was also Matt Walsh, his brother, 
who owns Observer Media Group in Sarasota, mm-hmm. of which the Palm Coast Observer is one of 12 properties or so. And I'd known Matt Walsh since 20, 2004. And he was one of the first people I met as I moved to Florida for the first time and got to know, um, you know, he hired me. He, he was one of the people who helped hire me in 2004. And he's the one who brought me to Palm Coast in 2010 um, to start the Palm Coast Observer. Anyway, I'm mixing up my resume, my, my, my work history here. Um, but just trust me, it's, you don't really need all the details. So Matt, I went to Matt and asked him the same kind of questions without telling him that I'd already talked to John. And I said to Matt, what do you think is a good career path for me? What could I do, you know, based on what I've done so far? And he said, um, well, sounds like you could, you should be publisher of the Palm Coast Observer. And it, you know, as things developed. Um, so did your mind start wandering at that time thinking, so I wonder if John and Matt has talked about John retiring? Well, I knew that John had thought about it a few years before that, you know, I mean, he was getting into, you know, he's in his sixties and you know, all that. And, um, but his daughter, Maureen, whom I love, I, you know, she's like a sister to me. We all love her very yeah, much. Yeah. Maureen's Maureen is great. And she was kind of like, you know, it's a family business. So I had total respect for the decision to most likely have her become the publisher someday. And, um, I, you know, would have worked for her, but she, after I left, she also left. And worked for a, works for a different company in Orlando in an art museum or something like that. And so um, between the two of us leaving and, you know, I think John just – anyway, came to the conclusion that he wanted to, to retire. And Matt had his wife, Lisa, who is really an amazing person and I, lo- I love her a lot too. She's had some health issues and so they decided that they needed to sell their interest in the paper. And so John agreed to do the same. And so then it was like, okay, Brian, the only way you can be publisher is if you buy us out. Write me a check. And it's like, okay, well, <clears throat> I can't really afford to do that. But I ended up, you know, I have a brother-in-law who's in a position who could give me a loan and my sister. And um, so Haley and I decided to take the plunge and we got a loan from them and we uh, bought the paper. Fantastic. I, I, you know, I remember when Maureen left uh, and when John left. I think the general population, especially in the business community, thought, uh-oh, uh-oh, something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, how are you going to address that, you know, newspapers, uh, which you're not – I don't even know if you can refer to yourself as a newspaper going all digital. How do you, how do you address the decline of readership in the newspaper business? Not, not the observer. I'm talking about worldwide. Yeah. Well, I think the main thing is that we are not the world. We're Palm Coast. I mean, Palm Coast has uh, – um, I think Palm Coast loves the print newspaper. I, I really do. I do. I mean, I talk to a lot of people who – I talked to a guy, a good friend of mine. He's 30, and he said he prefers the print. I mean, not everybody is going to do that, and it's it's a lot more convenient. I, I to have just, to admit, even though I've been in radio all my life, I love opening up the paper. And yeah. the minute you open it up, you smell the paper. You smell the ink. There's a physical the experience. that you're learning something. Look, you can go online and get anything you want. It's true. Um, but it's, 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 uh, it's chaos. You know, how do you really know that you are kind of caught up to speed with the local news? you're getting an update, you know, you're getting the, 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 the three day old story and you don't know that there's an update because you saw an old link 
and that's what's being circulated around Facebook or whatever, wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And it's like it almost adds to our anxieties to have to, to just be digital, digital, digital. Um, whereas the print product is, you know, it's it's a self-contained weekly newspaper that has been curated by smart people. You know, Jonathan Simmons is the managing editor in Palm Coast. He helps guide and make decisions about what's on the front page, what's on page two, et cetera. It's like a guided tour through it. That is, you take at your own pace. You're not like frantically trying to catch up with the next website that has this other story. So I think that, I don't know, I think that that experience is something that people do like. And in Palm Coast, it does happen that we have an older population that that's what they grew up on too. That, you know, it was a transition to go to digital for a lot of people. And they still, a lot of people aren't that excited about digital. It's like you have to, but it's not like I want to be just right. looking at my phone all the time. Um, it's just, that's the only way to get a lot of, a lot of news and, and up to date information. Are you planning on going on the same path or what's, what, what do you have for the future? Any surprises? I mean, we already have. Now's the time to tell, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we already have digital offering, right. you know, people can can uh can get so much for free online and we're hoping to improve the experience for subscriptions i mean right now i think the price point is higher than it really you know should be um i think right now you have to pay a certain amount to get print you have to get pay another certain amount to get digital and we want to make it one lower price that's just you know i was gonna say my hometown has it to where you can if you order the print, you automatically get to yeah, digital for free. That's what we'll do. You know, we haven't worked out all the kinks of how to roll that out, but that'll be coming in the in the coming weeks where, you know, you'll have three options if you want to subscribe. You can get print, you can get digital, or you can get both, and it's all just one price. So print, is it mailed at, dropped off at the driveway now? How's it's that going to be? dropped off on your driveway. Right now, you can get um, free copies all over town on different racks and stands in the community. Um, and if you want it delivered to your driveway, then you pay a delivery fee. Basically, that's kind of how we. So you're not really paying for a subscription; you're paying for the delivery. You're paying for it to be conveniently in your driveway on Thursday morning, you know. And um, some people will just as soon go drive down the road and pick it up, or you know, I, I go by there every day, every Thursday anyway. So I'll just pick it up when I get there, and more power to you. That's great. We want what I really want is for everybody in the community to think of the Palm Coast Observer and the Ormond Beach Observer in Ormond Beach as a good part of their lives. You know, whether that's, um, you know, you go pick it up for free in a rack or you subscribe, you know, whatever it is. But I think that not only is it, I mean, it's good for business, of course, and people want to advertise because it's, it's uh, you know, if it's everywhere, then it's more likely you'll reach your audience in some way. But I just think that it's good for the community to have a newspaper that has, you know, this is the fact-checked, um, you know, stories about what's what's going on. This is what the government is doing. This is what your neighbors, you know, successes. Um, this is some of the tragedies in the community. This is how you can help. These are some of the charities in the community and what they're doing and how you can support them. Um, it's good for a community to have a common source of information like that. I, I 100% agree. I'm going to go back to the paper thing. I think yeah. it's a great historical document. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can go through uh, our storage stuff of mine or my wife's and 
will come across an article with a yeah. picture of me. The I, clipping. I, yeah, the clippings. I, I think that's great. I think that's a great thing to have. Um, will you be doing more story? Because I'm thinking elementary days. Of, I'm, I didn't like my high school days because my sisters would, and they're vicious. My sisters were just vicious to me in high school. <laughs> They'd come running through the Did living room. Did you deserve <laughs> any of it? I mean. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> they come running through the living room going, Kirk got a speeding ticket this weekend because <laughs> they printed. So you did deserve it. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, they printed all that stuff back in the day. Uh. They printed. They printed everything, and uh, I, I do miss that. Even though I was the one getting picked on for getting a speeding <laughs> ticket, and when your dad's a state trooper, that doesn't go well in the living room, if you know what I mean. But uh, I, I love that. I love being able to go through our storage, or I guess a lot of people call them scrapbooks. Yeah. And here's a picture of me in the fifth grade. Mrs. Rosenthal's class, and I'm holding up this little award that I got. Mm -hmm. I hope that somehow everybody is in the newspaper at some point, you know, uh, hopefully more than once, you know, in the Palm Coast Observer. And it makes you, it connects you to the community. And that is what's so great about, you know, this, this venture is that that's, that's at the heart of all of it is we're trying to help the community be a better place and to make people happier in the community. And that, that comes from ha, part of it is comes from knowing that you have this shared experience with your neighbors that they're getting the same news that you are, and that doesn't mean that there isn't room for other sources of news, but that's one advantage I think that the Palm Coast Observer has is that we have this system in place to put a print product all over you know, and you can um it makes it more likely that we do have the shared experience. Brian McMillan's my guest from uh, the Observer, Palm Coast Observer. We're going to take a fast commercial break and come right back right after this. I, I really like Coastal Cloud. I'm blessed to have uh, you know, opportunities to move elsewhere, but I choose to stay with them just because of the culture, the people I work with. I believe in what Tim and Sarah have built here, the type of people they are. I believe they do what's right, so I really like the people and the culture. Good morning, and welcome back to the uh, Business Report. I'm your host, Kirk Keller. Brian McMillan, the brand-new publisher of the Palm Coast Observer, is my guest this morning. Brian, one thing I want to ask you is, and a lot of people ask me this because I've, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. When did you start the journalism project? Um, well, I now that I'm in it, it's easy to look back, you know, when I was younger. Um, I remember when I was a kid um, – George H.W. Bush and Bill Clinton were having a debate, and my dad had it on TV. And I had this big, huge sketch pad, and I was drawing these caricatures. And I was 12 years old, drawing these caricatures of the presidential candidates. And I still have, have some of those. Um, and I just, I, I, my dad subscribed to the Hartford Current. You know, we lived in Connecticut. And what originally attracted me to it was the box scores of the baseball games. Mm -hmm. And I would just pour over those. And, you know, my brother and I would, you know, quiz each other, you know, do you know all the top 10 batting averages in the league and, and who's, who's in second place in doubles and, you know, things like that. We were just obsessed with, with, with the sports pages, but also the comics. I would love to look, there's so many things that I look for. And I started also reading the news just when I was, you know, I was younger, you know, it doesn't make me that unusual, but 
looking back at it, you know, that has always been kind of an interest and a passion for me. You know, I played baseball in high school and, you know, they would cover the baseball games, a little blurb here and there, but it was a, it was a thrill to see that your name was in print. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I wrote um, a couple of like spoof parody stories and I still have those from when I was around that age. Um, and th- th- I, I think about that sometimes when I write the, you know, the April Fool's editions now. Um, but, you know, when I went to college, um, they had the New York Times for a very discounted rate. And I was just so excited to get the New York Times every day, you know, the print copy, of course. And um, I don't know, I just, I, I've just always read the news and just been interested in, in learning. When's the first time you on? were published? First time I was published. Well, um, in college, I, uh, I went to Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, and they had a, they had a, a newspaper, uh, like a student newspaper. You could mm-hmm. you know submit articles, and I wrote this like essay that I submitted and it got published, and that was pretty exciting. I definitely got some, got a bunch of copies of it and kept them. You know, um, so did you get a bunch of attaboys after that was published? I don't think that a lot of my friends cared that much about it, to be honest. But um, I felt good about it, right. and and it was, it felt you know it felt like a sense of affirmation, like hey, you're you know is that what drove you to be something? who you are today? Um, well, I think that you know you know looking for um, looking for congratulations, and you know that's not something that you hope that really drives you, but but um, yeah, I mean it, it feels good when someone recognizes that what you wrote mattered to them that people care what you think about and what you observed in in uh covering something that so yeah having getting getting published uh i think a lot of people are pretty excited when they get published the first time and um it yeah just makes you feel seen and makes you feel important i guess and hopefully it also makes the people feel important that you wrote about you know the uh, uh that and that's what most journalism is i mean that was kind of an opinion piece at first right. but um, yeah, it feels, feels good. Would you like to see the observer under your toolage do more investigative type re- reporting and bust some scandals that were rumors that go around town? Well, as far as rumors, I mean, I do think that the observer, I want people to know that the observer has been thoroughly fact-checked that we're not publishing rumors. Um, I think that investigative journalism is, um, there, there, there's, you can have sort of a, a danger of my goal is to investigate. You know, I think that you have to take what you have to report on what's there. If you're always just seeking out, you know, the most, um, salacious thing and trying to report on that. And that's all you report on. I think that the community will say, is that really the same? Are are we, are we living in the same place? You know, you're Mm -hmm. reporting on all these things. Um, so as far as like, is it our goal to do that? Not necessarily above other things, but we certainly, when we learn that there may be something that is improper or that there is an abuse of power in some way or another, um, then we, want, we're, we won't be shy about reporting on that for sure. You know, as myself, as a journalist, I get a thrill out of, I guess, what I call educating people. And I... I, I I couldn't understand back when there was the mayoral race going on why everybody thought the corruption of the corruption of the corruption. Mm-hmm. And so I did some research and my research came out is that everybody up North has a strong mayor where the mayor does have yeah. some privileges. 
and we're in a weak mayorship. And I did a show with Mayor Alfin and Joe, Dr. Joe Saviak, and really laid that out there. And so many people were shocked that we're a weak mayor and the mayor really doesn't have uh, any authority whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He has the same in Palm Coast, same voting as the rest of the city council, Flagler Beach. It, it, she didn't get it to, to vote unless it's a tie. I, a lot, people were shocked by that. And I, I think that's one thing that you're going to bring to the table is the educational value yeah. of how Palm Coast or Flagler County works. Well, what's interesting about that, you know, it's interesting you bring those up at the same time, the the mayor structure and the investigative and all that, because that's exactly why there was some interest in that story. Um, the mayor at the time, Melissa Holland, you know, the question was um, – is was was the mayor fulfilling her role like the mayor cannot direct staff it's that weak of a position right so the mayor only gives direction to the city manager who then directs staff but then if the mayor has a strong opinion and you know the manager is hired and fired by the by the city council by including the mayor mm-hmm. um you know there are there are some very specific lines that the city charter says don't cross you know and um you know th- that is worth exploring that's worth investigating um i love melissa holland i think she's great and um you know i don't think that there's any ill will about anything like that about but I don't necessarily regret that that we looked into that for sure, and and I'm um, trying to understand like um, it, it it what it does is it tells the community and tells the elected officials that um, the newspaper is trying its best to fulfill the role of being that extra check and balance on the government and how is power used and 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 all that do you get a lot of emails or or letters uh text messages asking you to do a story on certain things yeah i mean all the time not in the past week too much how do you, <laughs> but but how but, do you know which ones to do yeah that's a really good question because that's that's kind of the subjectivity in in the editor role that's not really my job anymore but when i was the editor at the, um for the last for 12 years um you have to to weigh a lot of things. I mean, the most important thing is what is what's the most important to the community. And so, the managing editor, their part of their job is to know that, and to know what the community cares about and what what will be important. I mean, some of the things that I would look for is um, is there some something surprising about this? Because mm-hmm. to me, that's the biggest link to whether it's newsworthy. If there's some surprise, something, some, something doesn't add up. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, you're, I guess what you're looking at, like, how do you know whether to investigate something right. or whether it's worth doing it all as, as a story? The investigation part is, um, there's a couple of key questions that I would ask. One is, the, and this is something that Bob Woodward, you know, uh, talked about a lot is, are there any documents? If there's no documents and it's just, he said, she said, and hearsay, then I don't know how much value there really is going to be to writing that because leading to the second point is like, are you making the news by reporting it? Um, by, by just saying, hey, Kirk called Brian uh, a, a dirty name um, and I put that into a headline. Well, does that make it into a bigger deal than it really was? You know, that shows yeah. that people trust the editor to make a good choice. You're not the you know? inquirer. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, last question. we got about a minute to go. Yeah. 
why Thursdays? Because newspapers <laughs> are known for Sundays and Wednesdays. I mean, I remember my mom saying, don't throw away the coupons. Why Thursdays? Well, the simplest answer is because that's how the Observer Media Group did it way back in the day. And so we just did it then. The, the, another answer is that Thursday is a good day to make sure that people are aware of what's happening on the weekend with enough time. Events. And, events. And Thursday is also like Wednesday is production day. So, you know. At the print press That's what you mean. Yeah. Okay. We, we edit, make the final pages. We send it to the print and the, the paper comes back on trucks on Wednesday night. So we set that deadline to be as close as possible to the biggest news that's recurring every week, which is Tuesday night city council meeting. Gotcha. So that's the other reason for Thursday. If I am online, online subscribing, will I get those stories earlier? Yeah. This, the idea is that you get everything breaking as soon as possible as it happens. So that's something, you know, if you get the print sometimes on the, in a, in a rack, but you want everything as soon as possible. Well, then subscribing online maybe maybe uh, maybe Your help, help to get you to do that. Brian McMillan, the uh, publisher of the Observer. How do we subscribe to your paper? Um, go to observerlocalnews.com, and you can see links on there to subscribe. And hopefully, again, in a week or two, we'll roll out a new marketing campaign to make it easier and less expensive. Twenty seconds. Last question. After you got the books, after you got inside, anything shock you? Um, I would say the biggest surprise is how well everything has been running. I mean, the people who are already there, it, it, it's a, it's a great company. I mean, we're walking in to a great company and, um, very privileged and proud to have it. Well, congratulations once again to you and your wife. And thank you for being on the show this Thanks morning. Thanks for having me as a guest, Kirk. That's the business report this week. I'll see you next Saturday. <laughs>